welcome back to Don't Call Me Bud. Um, it is just me and Colton here today. Um, we were kind of sitting around the office and we were talking and we thought of a thought of this topic and we figured we would share it with you guys. Yeah. And maybe I think the biggest thing about it is is communication. You yeah. got to talk. And when we get into this topic, I think that's going to be what we're really just striving to like push is keep the lines open. Yes. Lines of communication open. Last thing you want to do is shut down mental health. Mm. What do you think about it? You think I've got issues? Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm saying that (laughs) I'm just saying that I think that we both have had things come up in our lives Mm -hmm. and we've had to deal with it one way. And I think we've, we've taken kind of the long way I've taken the long way Mm. to deal with it. And I think that, um, you were smart enough because uh, you're you're younger than I am, mm-hmm. not by much, but you are younger <laughs> than me. Um, and I think you did it a little bit smarter than I did. And I was just wondering, like, what um, what brought you to that? I think in my experience, um, you know, and we don't we don't have to talk about like the actual issue issue, mm-hmm. but I'm just I'm I'm just wanting to get this out there for our listeners that you know might have something, mm-hmm. you know, like it's okay to get help. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to talk about, it. I talk to a counselor. I think everybody should talk I do. to a counselor. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's for a lot of different reasons. Number one, and it's not just because I have a podcast. I love to hear myself talk and I know that my counselor bangs his head on the, the board every time I just go <laughs> off for 30 minutes. But I think it's, you know, you got to be comfortable talking about stuff. And I know that everybody has a story. Everybody has something that happened to them. My old attitude used to be, I don't care. Everybody's got a story. Nobody cares. Just go That's on how I was yeah, too. And, and bury it. Don't nobody mm-hmm. talk about it. I think in, in uh, what I've learned in counseling uh, in the last, but I think it's been about a year. Um, you know, you have to be okay with you. I think that's the biggest thing is you have to be okay with who you are every day, what you wake up and do and stop caring what other people think. Yeah. I mean, but it is hard. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's, very hard. it's, I think that's the hardest thing that anybody can do. But once you hit that, you're, un, you're unstoppable. I think so. I too. think, and I think some of it happens to you at a younger age. And I think I'm still dealing with it is caring what other people think, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of training myself. And, and, and I feel like lately I've been kind of like dealing with more of a thing where I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to go and do my thing. And I'm going to go try to, you know, I'm going to try to, be the best person I can. I'm going to try to, um, you know, tell people how it is and not necessarily be rude about it, but I'm also going to stand up for myself in some ways. And I think you have to be able to have the best of both worlds. It can't just be about your struggle, but also has to be, you have to be, find a way to be, find that balance. You have to oh, be absolutely. about like telling people how it is, but also um, doing it in a respectable way. And then yes, uh, you have to be okay with it at the end. So I think there's a lot of different things that go into that. When is mental health month? I think they made a whole month for it. Good, good. I think it's okay to like what, what really bothered me was failure. Mm. Like I had, I had something come up in my life where I felt like I failed at it. And unfortunately, um, someone, someone passed away because of it. Um, it was when we were in the military and I didn't tell anybody. And when I, cause initially after it happened, it was such a weird event Mm. because it was, we were on, we were on the bay or on the cop, I guess is what you call it. And it was such a weird event that when I went and talked to someone about it, they were like, Oh yeah. Okay. But it was, it wasn't like we were, we weren't in a firefight or anything like that. It was actually someone had driven up Mm. and we had Polish guards 
And then we had the ANA, which was the Afghan army. And they're the ones that pulled up. Well, the Terp was the one, the interpreter was the one that got hurt. So he was unable to interpret for the Afghanistan people, Afghanis. I hope that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and the Polish. Mm -hmm. And so without him, the Polish thought they were trying to get on the cop. Well, the the issue is we shared the cop, but there was a big wall in the middle of it. And then we had a secondary gate for us, the Americans and the Polish and the Afghanis had the other gate, Mm -hmm. had the other side. So I would go through the gate every morning and I would help train them and do that. And so I knew all these guys. I'd go and get my interpreter I usually had two of them and then we'd go and me and doc would go across and talk to these guys. Mm. Well, I knew these guys and I knew they were good, but I knew past two, but I didn't know Polish mm. or Russian or whatever they spoke. I think they spoke Russian. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, right? Mm. Something like that. Pol- uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I, and this was like, like I said, this has been 10 years. So if I'm, I, I'm remembering it the way I remember it. So if anybody, I know there's a couple other guys that were part of this mm-hmm. that it never really got brought to the attention of anyone. Mm-hmm. So after it all was done, so what happened was is he had gotten shot on. He they were out and he had gotten shot and they were trying to get him to the medical side and mm-hmm. that was our side. But the Polish wouldn't let him in because all they were doing is screaming at each other in their own language. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh man, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like that's a tough spot. Yeah, it is and. I was an E five at the time and I, I wasn't sure what was going on and I was a young kid. I mean, I think I was 20, I was 25, mm. you know? So yeah, that ages me. I'm 35 now, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I, what I did was I started to run to our medic. Well, I got halfway and I was like, that's going to take too long. So I, I basically, I tried to talk them into letting them through and they weren't going to let them through. And then finally they did let them through but he didn't make it. And there was just, I don't think there was animosity. There was animosity between all of it. And I had felt horrible because I didn't know if I went, if I went to stopped and I would have got to our medic. I mean, you can't put that on yourself. No, but this, I mean, but I did, you know? And Mm -hmm. so like, if they went to stop and I went to got to our medic and if I would have got to the medic, then the medic would have came, it would have been a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could have got him in because it was a terp. Mm Mm-hmm. But what, what what happened was is the Terps dress in like military attire sometimes. Mm-hmm. So he was in a military attire. He was in the Afghan um, camo. So they so there was no one to tell him like and I'm and I'm yelling at him. This is a Terp. This is an interpreter. This is an interpreter. He's on our. He, they live on our side. Okay. You know like so he should have been able to get on our side. Well, the issue was is he was bringing he was being brought in by the Afghanistan army mm-hmm. and he wasn't able to get onto our side. Mm. So I guess my thing was, is um, I didn't, I, I knew that I had made a bad choice at some point. Mm-hmm. Like if I would have, if I wouldn't have taken off and ran cause the cop, the cop was probably two miles by two miles, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, little smaller than that. But I think okay. it, I think it was about that by okay. the time this is when we first got there it was tiny, but then we kind of grew it. Um, so and I'm sorry. And we were on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So like I was, I was trying to run and there's Hescos. So these Hescos are like bags filled with sand mm. and you can't just jump them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could just jump them, then you'd be fine. You could just jump and I could have got over there yeah, relatively no quick, yeah. but there's only certain, certain like doorways mm. into these little 
where the tents were. Okay. So I had to run all the way down and up and then, and I just thought it'd take too long. So then I, I went back after I was already halfway there. Yeah. And I, it's just, just that little bit of time, you know? And for the longest time I beat myself up about it. I was like, I don't know what to do. I yeah. don't know what to do. And then I got back to our tent after everything was said and done. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was another guy that was, he was hiding mm-hmm. and I shouldn't say hiding. Um, he didn't, everybody was screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. They had guns pointed at each other. They had Good their Lord. weapons pointed at each other because they didn't, they didn't want them in and they wanted to get in, mm-hmm. you know? So he had kind of stepped back. He was a younger kid. He, he kind of stepped back and just was like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like kind of in the same boat I was, yeah. but definitely not at this. He wasn't, he hadn't been around it long enough. Okay. So he had stepped back. Well, I had talked to him about it mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so we did, so we went to back to the tent and I looked at my, I looked at one of my buddies and I was like, and I told him mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, okay. And, uh, and then I told him again, and it wasn't like, like I didn't make a big deal about it and it was just never talked about. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. I found out later that he had passed after talking to some of the other oh. Terps and stuff like that. But like getting back to my, my, my tent and just telling them, yeah. like they were just like, oh, okay. So I like, I didn't know if they thought I was full, oh. full of shit or full of crap. I apologize. No, but like, good. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, well maybe I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this wasn't as big a deal as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But then I found out that he didn't make it. And I was just, oh. I kind of wrote it off and Actually, just a couple months ago, and I wish I, I wish I would have kept talking to him because mm-hmm. I talked to that to that guy to the to the younger kid. Now he's not a kid anymore, but yeah. Um, but I talked to him probably six months to a year ago, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, that night still bothers me," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, man, that night still bothers me too." And just talking to him and talking to psychologist, like a psychologist or whatever, yeah. um, therapy, um, that has helped me out a ton. Mm. because I still, that still weighs on me. Cause yeah. I still think, you know, anytime you're dealing with human life, that's, that's tough. That's different. Um, but also it's, it's okay because that was part of it. Mm-hmm. That was part of the circumstances. And I've made decisions after that. Cause the longest time I wouldn't make a decision mm-hmm. and it was, and I knew when we got back, that was the moment. And it was not, wasn't because of what I saw. It was because what happened. Yeah. So I made a bad decision. I felt like, so I got out of okay. the military and okay. that's why I got out. Okay. Like if you ask my buddies, I, I, I got out because I wanted to, I wanted to grow my hair. I was losing my hair anyway. So yeah. I didn't matter. I'm <laughs> bald. So, um, but yeah, I like, I came up with any excuse I could to, to give why I left the military. That was a reason because I made a decision that I felt was wrong mm. and I didn't feel comfortable being in a leadership position, not being able to make a decision. Mm. Do that. Yeah, man, I can't even imagine a situation like that. So like, and I mean, I, I mean, I have no idea what, what I would do in that. I, I probably wouldn't, I would probably would have ran a quarter of the way. I would have probably broken down to, you know, you're a stronger man for me for a going through something like that. And then also having the conscience, because I feel like, you know, there's some guys that I feel can, maybe put up a front or just say, you know, I've done bug me, but, but deep down it does. Oh, I think it does. I think it bugs everybody. Yeah. And war is a horrible, horrible thing. And I haven't even seen the worst of war. Mm -hmm. 
I've been deployed and I have not seen the worst of it. World War II vets, you know, World War One vets and Vietnam vets and no like Man, I can't I, imagine. War war is not a good thing. No. Um, not for anybody. I don't think it yeah, the only I, I don't believe in war at all. And then the the state that we're all in right now, mm-hmm. it scares the living crap out of me because I have a twelve year old and I have a nine year old. Yep. And absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's, um, you know, especially with everything kind of going on in Russia and everything. I just, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's so many different perspective on what, what is exactly going on or there's a couple different perspectives and, um, yeah, there's fear. There's that. Um, and also like you, like you said, shared with your story. Thank you for that, by the way. Cause I feel like not enough, not enough people talk about this kind of stuff. And I think, cause in my experience, I feel I was, when I would not share stuff because I felt that it, like keeping it inside that made me more manly and it kind of made me more. Well, I think that's that's the whole deal. Is like when I went when I went back to the tent and said something, I didn't want a huge deal made about it, but I wanted to be like, kind of received. Mm-hmm. But it was like I just felt like, oh crap, dude! Like, yeah, it's on deaf ears. Like, I don't really know what's going on now. Like, yeah. So I just I just clammed up and I didn't tell anybody for a really long time, and it really ate at me. Like, mm-hmm. there was times like I would sit there, and. Uh, my heart, I would just start thinking about that mm-hmm. and my heart would start racing and an instant panic attack. Wow. Like, and I couldn't, like I couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound crazy. I couldn't drive huh. because when I drove, I was left with my thoughts. Yeah. So then my mind would wander and then it would be like, so it wasn't, I wasn't panicking because I was driving. I was panicking because my mind was wandering and going, Oh gosh. Do you, know? you, do you, does that happen with you often? Like, does your mind wander when like you're doing a task or like when you're like, for, for instance, uh, like if you're just like sitting in the living room and your wife talks to you or something like, does your mind wander a lot or is it just something that not uh, anymore? Not anymore. Okay. Yeah. So like I've, I've gotten it under control. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I still have, I'm still anxious, yeah. but I don't have full blown, like shut down panic yeah. attacks, you know, okay. like. Um, I'll be honest like this and this is kind of embarrassing, but just to be honest, like I remember the first panic attack I had, I was, I ended up in the emergency room. I thought I was having a heart attack. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then I got weird (laughs) and got like, uh, one of those, uh, monitors, heart monitors Mm -hmm. and like I'd check it. And of course, like it's all the way through the roof. I'm like, Oh boy. Then you get on the computer and you go WebMD and you're like, yeah, that's the worst thing (laughs) you can do. And that's kind of what I, and that's what I've learned is like, it's horrible to do. Yeah. Cause then it's a whole nother list of things that you're looking at that could possibly be, Oh, I think I might have pancreatic cancer. No, no. no, Just for the longest time I thought I had diabetes. Really? Uh, Yeah. And I was in shape at that time. Yeah. yeah, Same here. There's been multiple scares like that for me, but like, you know, I like, I kind of, like I said, I think you, no matter what your story is, I think that talking to a counselor, even if nothing is serious is going on, like even if yes. things are pretty going pretty good, you know, you don't have a lot of complaints. I think it can help you look back on childhood instances. Like for instance, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not proud to share this, but both my parents were alcoholics. Um, and there would be times that like, you know, we were both afraid, me and my brother. So he took a lot of the brunt of what, uh, you know, whether it was like when my mom would come home drunk or when my dad was, um, you know, when he was the way he was now, they never hit us, uh, but they were very, um, but they, it was just the fear, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I'm literally indebted to my brother. I don't think I'd be alive if it wasn't for him. But, um, you know, I, I feel like when I look back on it now, just having the ability to talk to somebody about it and look back, because then also for me as a person that, you know, went through that, I missed certain things like, or I forget certain things that happened in the event. Mm -hmm. And then I talk about it with my counselor and he's like, well, 
what happened, like, what, okay, but what happened other than this? And it gives me another perspective because I think as, you know, me being the guy I am, I'm like, uh, sometimes I get so angry that I'm like, I want to try to play the victim and like, and turn around on somebody else. When, when reality, I've got to look at myself and it's like, okay, yeah. well, okay, this wasn't my fault, but I'm also holding on to something that I have no business holding on to. Like, that's the hardest. That's one of the harder things for me is to let go because I've had a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, but certain people do some things and I, I definitely hold a grudge, mm-hmm. but I'm trying extremely hard not to oh, it's so hard. hold a grudge anymore because, and it, what it is, and like, as I forgive these people, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not forgiving them for them. Mm-hmm. I got to forgive them for me. And I think that's what finally made me do it. And honestly, like it's, it's helped out with other relationships I've had mm-hmm. because I was able to forgive so-and-so because of this issue, then I'm, then I'm able to open myself up for this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think just to be able to forgive and get that weight off your shoulders and get it because it's unhealthy. Yep. You know, it is, it just, it just eats you up. Yeah. And it's not eating them up. Mm -hmm. They don't care less if they're mad at them. They don't care. What's the saying that, you know, resentments are like you taking poison and thinking it's going to affect the other person or something like that. And it's like, so let me ask you a question. Do you, since you're a father of two, do you look at that? And, uh, cause I, you know, again, we all have our story. We've all went through certain things in our lives as a father of two. How do you feel like it's different parenting them now as opposed to how you were parented back in the day? My mom listens to this, so I apologize, (laughs) but this is how I viewed I was parented in the day and the times have changed. Mm -hmm. So my mom was always there for me when I needed her, but she also gave me my space to a point where I think I took advantage of it. Mm. I was, I was a very young kid hanging out with older kids because of the grade I was in and how old I was and everything, which was, you know, that's just what it was. And at the time I thought that was the right choice and I would have fought her tooth and nail. Mm -hmm. Like me and her would have been in yelling masters if she would have changed it. Like, don't get me wrong, but I do feel like we, I should have probably had a little bit more restraint and, but realistically I feel like I've turned out okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but how I, my boys, I set my boys up and if they fail, they fail. And I have to allow them to fail because if you don't fail, you don't grow. And I don't feel like I failed enough when I was younger, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not saying like you have to, it has to be bad, but like, I don't think there was enough punishment for me failing. Cause like I'd get into, I, I get crappy grades mm-hmm. and I was smarter than that. Like I knew I was smarter than that, but like what would happen is I get crappy grades and then it would just be a huge argument between me and my mom. So I think what happened was that she got so tired of arguing with me about it that she just focused on other things yep. to, you know, help me yeah, okay. grow and stuff. She, she knew like, Hey, he is a smart kid. Yep. He's not, he obviously this probably isn't for him. So let's focus on this so he can succeed at this okay. and not worry so much about this. Okay. You know, and, but I wish there was a little bit more uh, structure. I guess this is where I'm at. Well, hindsight's always twenty twenty, yeah. and I feel like I I said it really bad the other day. I think I said twenty twenty is hindsight, and my brother laughed at me for like <laughs> ten minutes. I'm like, sorry, I'm not perfect, but um, I think that with something like this, like we're seeing 
ourselves. Like when I look back at how I was parented and me and my wife were talking about having kids the other night and uh, I was just thinking about it and I was, you know, I'm, part of me is scared. Part of me is like, because I know you have to be gruff in a certain part of being a dad, but also as a parent, I would like to be the one that they come to, the one that they can talk to. The one See, that, I'm both. Mm-hmm. I, I am gruff with them. Like I, I push them. I put the boundaries on them, but they come to me. And I think that's because I put the boundaries on them. I think that's because I, I let them do to a point. I let them fail to a point. And then I, then I help them try to get past that point mm-hmm. and explain to them how to get past that point. Like Brody with football, um, he wants, he wanted to do this and I go, you got to lose 25 pounds. Mm. Like, wow. Yeah. For an eighth with Peewee. So that's like 12. Yeah. Yeah, he is 12. For a 12-year-old, that's... Wow. He was unhealthy, though. Like, yeah. And so, like, what he did is I, I, I explained it to him, and I said, this is on you. If you want to run... Because they have weight restrictions on the peewee. So let me explain. Okay. So, like, he has to weigh a certain weight to be able to run the ball. Otherwise, they call a striper. So then he becomes a lineman, and he can't run the ball. He okay. can't make forward progress with the ball. So I go, in order to be that, you have to weigh this. Mm. So in order to weigh this, this is what you need to do. This is, this is your plan this summer. Mm. You have to be active. You have to work out, not lift weights or whatever, but I mean, run, yep. jog, whatever you need to do at least an hour a day and start eating healthier, mm. you know? Well, that, but that's a, that's so important because I feel like kids, especially nowadays, uh, like there's like, we've seen childhood obesity, like it just, it's mm-hmm. just completely gone off the charts. But now I feel like, you know, kids that, you know, whether they play video games or not or whatever it is, and now the fact that you put that on him to be like, Hey, this is on you. I think, I mean, just from a responsibility perspective, that's huge because, and I didn't like, and then I remind him, he'd be like, Oh, let's go to McDonald's. I'd be like, you got 20 pounds to lose, buddy. You want to go to McDonald's? Yeah. And he'll go, No. Oh, there we go. So you have to, and then he makes, he makes the right choice, mm-hmm. you know, but you're still letting him choose. Yep. And I guess my thing is, is with, with all of that, like he looks healthier now. He, he does. He has way more energy. Way more lean. And he's, he's happy. He's mm-hmm. happier. And I'm so proud of him for that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And the beautiful thing about it was his little brother, Grayson, who, who he's just a ball of energy. So yeah. I don't think the kid will ever get <laughs> kind of chubby. Yeah. But, um, He's, and he's one of the ones that has like the biggest heart in the world too. Yeah, like, he's a sweetheart. I love that kid. I, I love them both, but man, those, those both of them, they're just, they're sweethearts, yeah. yeah. Um, but since Brody took that journey into like, Hey, I'm going to become healthy. Then in Grayson's head, Grayson's like, well, I have to do it too. Mm. Because those two are inseparable. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they fight to the <laughs> nail. <laughs> Don't hear me brothers. Wrong. Brothers. Yeah. Yep. But like you do not come in between them. Like, mm. Brody, it's okay if Brody messes with Grayson, but if someone else messes with Grayson, nope, yep. that's not happening. That's brothers. That's awesome. You know, and um, Grayson's the same way. Yeah. Grayson loves his brother, mm-hmm. loves his brother, and uh, loves family, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, family to Grayson, I think, means the most to him. And he and he took that journey with Brody, and it was almost funny because then Grayson would jump on the scale, and Grayson would lose all this, lose, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, hey, I'm this. And then Brody would be like, oh. He get frustrated, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it almost. But he push he pushed Brody in his own way, mm-hmm. and Brody would Brody would get that. But I mean, for that kid to do what he did, that's I, incredible. Both of them, yeah, absolutely. Because both of them had had to lose weight, and we messed up mm-hmm. because Grayson's weight was one twenty two, and Grayson was weighing in at like one eighteen. Really? Okay. When we started this, okay. But, but what we still... thought is Grayson had to weigh one hundred one. 
Oh, okay. So Grayson got below 100. Wow. And Brody got below the his mark. Yeah. And it was just like they like and they came together and like it was almost it looked like the biggest loser at our house every night because really? they we still have the scale out in the living room and they jump on the scale and they'd be like, "Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm here." Mm-hmm. But he's still checking it. Like even though he's wow. made it, he's still checking it because he's you gone so a far. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah, so and we do like factor meals um we hardly ever eat out anymore mm-hmm. you know like we we go out and if we're going to go out we're going to go we're not going to go to mcdonald's we're not yep. nothing fast yeah we the factor meals game changer really okay because i so i don't know if you've ever had um so the factor meals but have you ever had the like hello fresh and all that yeah okay because like me and my wife tried it and I am an awful cook. Like I like I, I can cook, but there's sometimes, and I, I get a little too confident. Do you remember the first, the first episode? The first podcast, yeah. I'm like, no. I'm a great cook. I can beat all yeah. of you guys. Mm. I was messing. There's no, nah, 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 nah. Nah, Colton's just messing around. But I feel like that I, when I cook dinner, I cook dinner in a way that is, I mean, it's it's not bland, but like, well, it's edible, you know? Yeah. And so um, I feel like if you can have fun with the way that you cook meals, like or if like, you know, you don't have to like dump cheese on it, like say when type of a Parmesan cheese kind of person. But if you can like dinner in a way that and also make it healthy, I feel like it's less of a chore. Like it's less of a groaning and, Oh, we've got it. We've got meatloaf tonight. Like I feel like that's so different for everyone though. Like what, what's your kind of perspective? We tried HelloFresh. The only issue with HelloFresh is we'd get it. And some of the stuff would be like, not rotten, but like old. Really? Okay. So we were like, eh, we, yeah, and I hope uh, HelloFresh, if you're listening, don't don't sue me. But that's yeah. just what it was. Yeah. And they were really good about changing stuff out. But the issue was, is we were planning on that for dinner. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then what do you do? You pick up the phone and call for pizza. Hamburger helper, baby. No. I'm yeah. Just no, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no. And then we call for pizza. Well, it wasn't really helping us. Yeah. You know. So, but these factor meals are factor nutri meal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's it's like um the banquet meals yep. that you get. Oh, and, yeah, oh. but there, but there was a reason I got to two fifteen in college, and it was because of, like <laughs> it was all that stuff. Yeah, but we got uh, so it's a higher end banquet meal, mm-hmm. and like it has everything you need, yeah. all your all all your proteins, everything you need. And what we what we've been doing is we've been eating them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, <laughs> but the boys get tired of it, and then mm-hmm. we take a then we take a two week break, mm-hmm. and we cook at home, and we like we cook meat and stuff. Mm-hmm. But since our since like our taste buds or our palate or whatever you want to call it is used to these these like you know your grilled pork chop, your grilled chicken, yep. and all this stuff that's used to this. Every when you get into the sugar stuff, it tastes bad. Do you have like whenever you like whenever you're craving something or whenever you're about to eat something? Do you ever like when you're about to take a bite of something that you've been like waiting for for a while? Does it ever like hurt your tongue or like not hurt but like? I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. I have and this is really weird. I've never craved anything. Really? Yeah. Not never cra- like never just had to have something. No. Nope. Like wow. Okay. Because like when I there's times when I eat and like there's like for instance Taco John's. I will go to town on some tacos. Like the other night, I think me and my wife made tacos. There's stuff I like. Yeah. And there's stuff I enjoy. But there's but I crave. don't crave. Okay. Yeah. Because that's because usually there's something that I know. Like obviously, women who are pregnant they have cravings and whatever. Yeah. But like as a guy, I've had certain cravings and wanted certain foods. And uh, I think, for instance, uh, you know, when I was either trying to lose weight or if I was maybe trying to bulk up, like there'd be certain types of food groups that I was craving. But anyway, um, it just I had that had to me where it's like my body wants something so bad, like salt if I'm running a lot or something like. It's just like it hurts my tongue almost to like how much 
I want. I know it's weird, but it's kind of like, you know, I think it does come down to though, like, because I think it's interesting, especially when you mentioned taste buds and the idea of like keeping dinner fun, I feel like it's kind of a way to, uh, it's definitely a way to look at it. I feel like you well, have to. Well, it's a way to de-stress too. Yeah. You know, I think that was a big thing for the HelloFresh is all the ingredients came in. And yeah. when it was good, you know, we would, we would sit down, me and my wife and, you know, Grayson, Grayson was a good one because he'd always come in and like we'd cook or my wife and Grayson would cook or, mm. you know, it was, it was something that we could do together mm. and we couldn't really mess it up because you're, yeah. I mean, you're just following the, the recipe yeah. literally. And then they and give you the full portion and yep. everything. The one thing I really like about HelloFresh is they have this one sauce and I can't remember what it is. I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen Rick and Morty, but, um, it's like the, uh, um, like there's a certain sauce he goes crazy over and I'm not kidding, Ben. Is that the yum yum sauce? It's, it's, it's something. Cause it's, I think it's kind of like a, a like a light orange sauce, yep. um, that it's got like, um, I think it's scallops or scallions or something. Yep. And then it's, uh, uh, sour cream and butter and all this different stuff. I, when I say I, 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 very few sauces do I feel like I could drink like out of a glass. That's one of those sauces that I don't care if this clogs up my arteries completely. That is one sauce that I will risk everything for because it's like you can eat it on anything. I don't care. You just dump it on everything. And like HelloFresh, uh, I want to let you know the fact that we have no way of replicating that sauce is almost unfair because it's it's just everybody needs to have that at the dinner every <laughs> night. I'm, I'm sorry. It's kind of like South Dakotans with uh, ranch on their pizza. I don't know if you ever did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like even, yeah, some of the school cafeteria and stuff. But no, I feel like. I bet the school. I think the school cafeteria probably went broke. Yeah, as much ranch <laughs> Dude, as we went just through. mountains of it. Yeah, just like, like oh, and I, we'd have like little side salads. Yeah, basically it was ranch with a little bit lettuce, of lettuce. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get croutons and all that. I I had more cheese than I did like ranch though, because I would like put half. See, of Yeah, I, I I'm weird with cheese. If I eat too much cheese, I don't. I I like almost doesn't agree. Gag. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like okay. it's just it. No, I'm good with like that, but okay. like it's. <laughs> I just don't like a lot of cheese. I could take, when I was a kid, I would take almost like bites of blocks of cheese. Like I would just, that's yeah, how I much I love do cheese. That. I don't oh. like the texture of cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, my mom got me on blue cheese. Like my whole family does blue cheese. Okay. So like we, and it's so weird to watch, you know, a nine-year-old. Yes. <laughs> Be like blue cheese, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the wait, the wait staff's like, what? This guy got this guy's yeah. get a 401k or something. Yeah, why, is no he, why is he getting, getting blue cheese? No. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's uh, you know so many different things for dinner, and I feel like um, you know I, I, no matter what you're looking for, I think you need to be able to keep it fun, and you need to find a way that it's not just the same thing. Because like that's one thing is is like, you know, I feel like I've been in ruts before, that it's almost like the same thing two or three weeks in a row that it's to the point where it's like okay, I need an enchilada, I need something different that is not what we've been eating regularly, and it's like. You know, and I'd like to just kind of like to make this segue too. like food, food has a lot to do with mental health. Yeah, it does. Like, I think when we're talking about food, everybody's like, oh, you started mental health and then you went to food. Yeah. I think food, like you can hear Colin's enjoyment of food. Because I'm, yeah, I'm a foodie. Yep. You know, and I think like, like I said that you can sit down and make it and that can be a de-stressing tool. Yeah. Like I think food has a lot to do with a lot of things. Yeah. And if you're eating healthy, you're feeling better. That's going to help out the mental health. If yeah. you're, you know, if you're just stuck in a rut and yeah. you just, you go and eat Taco John's or Taco Bell every day, you start to feel bad about yourself unless you're mm-hmm. like 18 and yeah. <laughs> you don't get you any the weight. Metabolism. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah um, enjoy it by the way. But yeah. It, and 
when you start to feel good about yourself and that's where the food part comes in mm-hmm. and the hello fresh hello fresh can do a lot of things it can de-stress by cooking with the, your loved ones mm-hmm. and do and making something making a and, memory kind of yeah well not only that but you're making you're making something that's enjoyable for other people mm-hmm. and that can make you feel good mm-hmm. what about working out do you feel like that has anything to do with like yes because i i've noticed that so i did a triathlon back in september and my mood from like leading up to the triathlon was so much better about not only about myself, but about like life in general, like just running and biking and doing those different. But things. I think that goes back to what you said is you have to take care of yourself first. If mm-hmm. you feel good, then it's so much easier to make everything else good. Yeah. Even, even the crappy, if you feel great, if you, and that's what I'd like to do is, um, I really try, I don't do it very well, but I really do try to get up early and you know do something yeah and that that sets the tone for my whole day but if you hit that snooze button and you keep hitting the snooze button and i've and i'm and i do it yeah like i'm not gonna sit here and be like i'm not jocko willick man i'm not (laughs) taking pictures of my watch at 4 30 but um when i do do it i feel so much better Mm -hmm. and i think everybody i've never had anyone i've talked to wake up in the morning go work out and then do the rest of the day. Go, God, I wish I should. I should not. Dude, have nobody out this says morning. that because as soon as you get up and you start moving and you start getting that, because like during the summer I'd get up at five thirty six and I was like, that was that was early for me. I know that's yeah. for for some people that's not early, but like I would get up and get on the bike or get. And once you're in the moment, and like after like an hour into activity, you're like, dude, this is awesome. Let's get the day started. Yes. And it's like you do go to bed if you're me. You do go to bed at like nine. Or I eight. called you at like eight o'clock the, the other day, day and, and I was sleeping. Out. I was I like was, on a Friday. Yes, I was out. It was not good, but I I do. Uh, you know, that is something that I think me and the wife have tried to incorporate more. My wife is an animal. She is up doing like, uh, I don't, they're not Navy SEAL workouts, but like the, she's up at doing, the, she's up doing workouts at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. My wife does, uh, she had a kickboxing class at like five 30. Remind me not to mess with your wife. <laughs> Just remind like, uh, Molly, if you're listening, you're awesome. Thank you. I did not call you old. <laughs> like they said, no, that did not happen. But no, uh, I, I feel like that's just so like between food and between working out and it, it just, I feel like it really just helps you out a lot more to not only look on one of the good stuff of life, but also maybe also potentially get past some stuff. Yeah. I think, and it's, it, it de-stresses me because like you, you realize what you, what are you capable of? Mm-hmm. And I think that helped me out a lot while I was growing my businesses is I would hit a point where I was kind of like, Oh man, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm burnt out. I thought I was burnt out. And then all of a sudden, like there's a different gear, yep. like you're just missing this. So then it almost like, no, I can keep going mm-hmm. like, and we've, and it, and this hasn't been lately. Like I haven't been doing this when I'm old. Yeah. It's when I was young and <coughs> excuse me. Um, it was when I was young, I was able to, I was able to take it. And when I wanted to give up, I didn't. And, like I said, I, I've said that before in other podcasts. I don't know, but uh, wrestling coach high school has pushed me to that point where I was like, I'm done. And all of a sudden he made me find more in the tank. I was a horrible wrestler, but that was one thing. I did, me. That was one thing I did get out of it is I was able to do that. And once I did that, everything else seemed to get better. Like mm-hmm. I was better at football. I was better. I was a better person, you know, like, and like, it just, it just kind of built on each, on each other. And I think that's what I, honestly, I have to give him a lot of credit and my mom, a lot of credit for helping me become the person I am. Because if I didn't have that special coach, mm-hmm. 
I don't think I'd become, I, I, I know I wouldn't be where I'm at Yeah. because I would have gave up a long time ago. He showed me that, you know, when you're ready to give up, you got about 60% more left in the tank, yep. man. There's still a lot more going. And that's, I learned that lesson too when I was, when I was in high school. And I feel like that's, that's just a recipe for life though. Like if you like, like I'm not trying to, we're not trying to give you the full motivation. We're not, we're not trying no. to be rocky in this thing, but I feel like there's, there's something to be said of like when you're tired, like there's always another gear to find. Um, and I feel like, uh, in my experience, there is, there's a lot of hope in that. Like there's a lot of hope in that. Like, okay. Yeah. It's at first you might feel a little bit drained, but like, nah, I got a little bit more. I got, I can, I can push a little harder, you know, kind of finding that extra gear is, I know it's hard, but once you do it, I think it translates well to the rest of life, at least in my experience. Oh, absolutely. And I think what it is, is for me, what it was too, is I thought when I was having these panic attacks and stuff, like I was having people in my life walk away from me mm-hmm. and because they, they didn't want part of it. So, cause what yeah. would happen was I have these panic attacks, obviously like I couldn't, I wasn't doing well with my work. I wasn't doing well with any of this stuff yeah. and it wasn't just something in my head was off mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How do I fix this? How do I make this better? Yeah. And so then I'd go into it and I, I would feel bad because I would hear people talking mm-hmm. and I would hear, or I would see like messages and stuff like that. And it was like, how do I, how do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. Because he's almost like I was a burden mm-hmm. and that, that, that hit hard. Yeah. Like I was like, you know what? I'm not, I, and mm-hmm. I, I felt like I had a choice. Mm-hmm. I can be a burden. I can actually be that burden. Mm-hmm. or I can be this now, how do I get to this? Mm-hmm. I need to, first I need to get help. Mm-hmm. So that's when I reached out to the VA and the VA hooked me up with, um, my doc and he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't seen him in a minute, but, yeah. um, Life's crazy been, yeah, sometimes. I've been busy, but the best part about it is that he's a phone call away and I've called him and he's answered and he already called me right back yeah. and said, Hey, and I've actually talked to him on the phone for like a half an hour been like, Hey man, this is, this is what came up. I'm stressing about it. And he, he basically, he helps me with it. He lets mm-hmm. me vent to him or whatever. And that's, and that's good. Like, mm-hmm. and I know you can do that with your best friend, stuff like that. It's just, it's just different. Cause with me, it, I feel different because I can vent to him about anything and I know it's not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. no matter what he can't. So yeah. to me, that <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better, Yeah. but, um, no. And then it was just like 1%. I, I in my head, I always thought all I have to do today is get 1% better. Yep. Just get 1% better today and a hundred days. I'm hundred percent better, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that's what I just kept telling myself. And that's what, you know, and that's what I kept telling myself and telling myself because I needed to get out of it and I needed to prove all these people wrong. Yeah. And I think I've done that. Do you feel like, cause I feel like there's something to be said for people that feel like, you know, I have had, I have that, had that chip on my shoulder too at times, but part of I me love is, that chip. I do too. I feel like you always have to keep some kind of a chip there. Like, you know, you know, obviously if you've got some resentment, Oh, Jimmy said I couldn't do a pull up from the third grade. Obviously you need to let go of some yeah. stuff. I feel like you have to have a balance on, on one hand. You need to have that chip a little bit, but on the some end, like on the same I hold end, a chip from high school. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do too. Like there are certain things that I'm just like, like not me and my go old of. football coach, he's, he yep. has motivated me more than he will ever know Yep. because there, I, I hold on to that and I, I almost like, like it too much. It's like the Toby Keith song. Look at me now or whatever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's like, I, I am actually excited <laughs> to see him again and be like, 
Hey, bud. Remember, remember what you said to me? Hey, don't yeah. call me, bud. Uh, you, you, uh, you remember what you said to me back then? I can call him, bud. Yeah, okay, okay. I will definitely call him, there bud. There we go, there we go. Because I, I feel like you you get to a certain point where like you, you fantasize about that, but then on the other end, I've realized that at some point, you just got to let stuff go. Like yeah. that's, that's so hard for me to do. But recently I've, you know, I've, like I said, over the past year or however long I've been seeing my counselor, there's just some things where I'm just like, man, there's, I, I, I realized a couple things. Number one, I was never really ever in control of anything. Like I felt like, you know, either God or something like God had, had a plan in my life and whatever it was. Uh, but also I felt like there was um, a certain amount of things that I just had to let go of no matter what. Like it's just, it doesn't do any good to hold on to certain things, you know? Oh, yeah, no, it's just, um, there's a difference between holding on and a chip. I think like mm -hmm. I forgave him. Like I'm mean, like if I saw him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit there and be mean mug him or anything yeah, like yeah. that. I'd shake his hand and say, Hey, thanks. You yeah, know, yeah. thanks for coaching me, whatever. Yeah. But deep down, yeah, you, you know. got me going, you man. Know. You know, yeah, like, yeah. thank you for that. And I don't have to. And I, and like, I don't, I don't think I have to say it because mm -hmm. he knows. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's, that's a big thing for me. All right, guys. Well, I think for the most part, we kind of got our point across. Um, if if you are out there, and I know we don't touch a lot of people, you know. Uh, Not yet. But uh, if you do come across this episode and you get anything for it, if you are going through some stuff, please reach out to somebody. Please. I mean, even the little things, because the little things will grow. Um, nip it in the butt right away. You know, talk to a friend, talk to a significant other, talk to somebody Hopefully that person is um, going to help you and is willing to help you because it's not an easy thing, especially when it gets bad and don't hold it in. You know, yep. there's multiple, there's multiple ways and even online, you know, chat rooms, anything to just get it out. Yeah. I know better help is definitely something that, yes. my, you know, I know a lot of people that have used better help, even if it's just in like in a Skype session or in the zoom, just to talk about your day, just to talk about your feelings and nothing can be, overstated as to what your significant other taught them. They should be your best friends and that kind of a thing. Yes. And exercise, you know, diet, um, breathing, anything that you would help me was anything that I thought might help. I just learned about it and yeah. I found the little things that did help. And I use kind of a bunch of little tools and it does help. And I'm in a pretty stressful, um, stressful job. So, uh, I do, I definitely still get stressed, but I have different coping mechanisms or different ways I deal with it. Um, and I don't, I don't let anger dictate that anymore. So, yep. which is, which is huge, but all we can, all we can just really stress is if you are going through something, please reach out, get somebody, somebody's help. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we can go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and leave the, the link for better help. If you guys know they're not a sponsor, but Hey, you never know just uh, whatever you guys need help from us. So, yes. Well, thank you guys for listening and sorry it wasn't as uh, upbeat as normal, but I think we're going to slide these, some of these in because I think they're important as well. Um, so please stay tuned and we'll, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.